to the King James Virgin, where my friends Alan and Adam recount Bible stories from their childhood to me. I've never heard them before. My name is Nick. And my name is Adam. It's just the two chickens today. <laughs> it's, it's just the two chickens. <laughs> Welcome to the chicken cast. Two chickens and a duck? Is that what, is Alan, is Alan a duck? I don't know where the chicken thing came from, so it's all news to me. I don't remember. It's it's a thing that my mom used to say, like, it's just us chickens when it was it'd be like, we, it'd be like my, when my dad was like taking my sister out for, I don't know, like an ice cream. It was just my mom and I, and we were doing something. Or like whenever, it was just a thing my mom would say. I'm worried that it may be actually be a racist statement and I just didn't know it. I mean, there's a chance it's offensive on some level. Uh, won't be the first time we talk about something offensive no. this episode for sure. Oh, well, um, yeah. I'm trying it to will f- be the first time. Yes. <laughs> I am trying to think of what the other thing that would not be a chicken is. I'm going to go out and guess. And actually, it is like a chicken duck thing, like in the barn. You're going with duck. Yeah. Or goose. But like, I think people had like ducks along with chickens okay. in like, you know, like in a chicken pen. And then like when the duck was separated from it's like, well, now it's just us chickens. Okay. I'm, this is, I'm thinking this is, I'm going like predator, like uh oh. like coyote or I mean, or a wolf or a raccoon. Because they got those little fingers. I don't think that you're wrong. Now that dad's gone, aka the, the raccoon. The, the raccoon. <laughs> I do like also, is it just me or like when you soon as like when you said raccoon, I didn't immediately go predator, I went pickpocket. Well, they have those little fingers. <laughs> they have those little fingers. And like, he's just going in there like, you know, picking eggs out of their hole. Okay. That, well, <laughs> offensive number two. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reason that I say it will not be the uh, only offensive thing we talk about is we are talking about a very offensive uh, human today. I mean, it depends on your world worldview. It does. <laughs> but knowing our audience and knowing uh, the two of us in the room. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I. Yes. Uh, today uh, is the second part of our uh, Christianity in conservatism. Um, and uh, we are talking about Jerry Falwell Sr. today. Oh, not junior. Oh, not junior, because one, fuck that guy. Uh, number two, he's totally boring. And number three, hopefully he will have no bearing on history whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess time will tell. Yeah. Um, uh, Jerry Falwell Sr. Uh, Adam, what do you know about Jerry Falwell? I, not, I mean, surprisingly less than I feel like I'm supposed to. Okay. Um, and we've kind of talked a little bit about Adventism being a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, even within like Christendom. Yep. Um, I don't go so, so far as to like put it in, in like cult Mormon territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's maybe on the, like venturing down that path well, a little I was bit. I going to say it's a spectrum and it, you're, you're nearing it. Yeah. Um, but not you, right. Not me, <laughs> but like in the Venn diagram of weirdness, yeah. like Adventism, I think actually floats a little bit more towards an intellectual. Um, well it did. It, it initially was more of an intellectual, uh, and less emotional. Okay. Uh, uh, on the continuum, uh, uh, on that continuum, there was more intellectual versus, um, emotional. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, obviously there's, you know, there's play on all all these things. Like it's not, it's not a hard line. Like not every Adventist is a, is a hard intellectual, but I would say growing up that like televangelists were, we looked at televangelists the same way that like, um, I don't, this is a, oh, this is a fucking terrible, I'm trying to come up with a, what is a, what is a salesperson that has a good reputation? Okay, here, so a salesperson with a good reputation looks at used car salesmen. <laughs> okay. So it's like, yeah, you are yeah. ruining what we do. Yeah, you yeah, are, no, the profession of sales, you're a, you are a, uh, I, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the, 
I know what you're talking about. Sure. But essentially just like you're giving us a bad name. You yes. are, you're exploiting people. You are doing bad things in the name of something that we think is being good. Mm-hmm. So like in that, so like the Jerry Falwell, um, uh, even Jim, um, Jimmy, uh, Bill Lee Graham, Bill mm-hmm. Lee Graham, uh-huh. Bill <laughs> Lee Graham. Yes. Not to be confused with Billy Graham. Right, right. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know, like, uh, to a certain extent, it was like anybody you'd turn on the and TV and see them like faith healing and bull, doing bullshit like that was just, and like asking for money. Sure. It was just like, this is charlatry. Ooh, can I, can, is that a word? Charlatanism? I don't know. Um, charlatarianism. Charlatarianism. <laughs> um, <laughs> and him being a charlatariat. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm a charlatarian. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean... Jerry Falwell, I get what you're saying. But that is to say, like, that's about all I know about Jerry Falwell specifically. Yeah. Or not, I should say, I don't know anything about him specifically. I know things generally that he was essentially a televangelist. I know that he, another thing that Adventists uh, really hang their hat on was a heavy separation of church and state. Yeah. And very, anti, very anti-political uh, influence. Uh-huh. So, like, it was very... I, I wouldn't even say rare. It, it was non-existent that any po- political uh, message would come from the pulpit. Um, which I think to, to some detriment in the sense that like they would also shy away later in like my era, my era, it's social issues mm-hmm. often got shuffled to the side because mm-hmm. they were considered too political. Uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because, uh, as we'll see, Jerry Falwell is actually, he kind of is one of the first people that starts to cause a rift, um, in the religious community by tying, really starting to get into political things and there being, you know, let's say half of the people who are like, hell yeah, this is our identity. We need to, you know, merge the two. It makes sense. And another half who's like, no, 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 not for like these these two things don't have oil and water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, additionally, you've got a kind of a third thing. uh, I'm guessing just from the time period, you also have like the rise in the sixties of the like free love Christian where you get like more hippie, like the, the hippie Christian, which this like this kind of like another Venn diagram because I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Oh, we sure. also had like that movement kind of overlaid on top right. of where I don't think that that's necessarily common throughout the Adventist church that we just happen to be in the part of the world where, yeah, yeah. You know, woo woo naturalist kind of like merged yeah. into our and church. The, the uh, hippie Christian, uh, I don't think typically is a Southern Baptist. Very much not. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Jerry Falwell, um, is like basically one of two spearheads that, um, we'll talk about, um, that really starts to, uh, try and radicalize American evangelical Christians and like give rise to the idea of theocracy, I right. guess, blending the two. Um, he was born in Virginia. I think it is interesting and slightly funny that his father was a one-time bootlegger and agnostic and his paternal grandfather was a staunch atheist. I get it. Just rebelling, you know, like mm-hmm. the flip back and forth. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's got, it is interesting that it's a, it's a, Double generation. Usually, yes. usually it's a flip, like a like you're saying, like a flip flop generational thing, right? Being that, but it being like no, familially, I, but familially going from uh, atheist to agnostic to oh, so I guess there is a progression. You know, like it's just yeah. I do uh, like. Oh, hold on. So is I do like the idea. Like, did they ask his dad? Like, did, did <laughs> like because this, this this also feels a little retconny. It's sure, like, sure. It's like I don't know about my my dad. Like I love my grandfather. 
did not believe that there was a, like uh-huh. actively no God. Yeah, yeah. My my dad wasn't sure. He asked a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, at some point, we have to have an agnostic on. That'd be fun. I don't know if they really. Ex- I don't. <laughs> so well, here's the I, thing. F- here's I, and the reason why I say that is only because I knew that it would bother you. Well, it's funny because I think I actually I I think I probably classically fit into agnosticism sure. in that I'm I don't care <laughs> like sure. and that's really probably more of an accurate yeah yeah projection of what agnosticism is but like i would say that the perception and many people who are self-proclaimed agnostics are deists in reality who have baggage sure yeah and yeah that's, like and that what there's like basically you're agnostic because you can't come to terms with something specifically like i don't think there's a lot of people who actually move from agnosticism to atheism uh-huh. i think that most people like what it, it's like it's there's the fucking, a de facto spiritual component of agnosticism yeah yes but there shouldn't be uh-huh. and that's what i think is like i think honestly like you are more of an agnostic in that like atheism re- relies on you taking a, a definitive position yeah, yeah, yeah. on i'm not deity. screaming there is no god it's just I don't whatever. Yeah. Right. Like if he is, he's clearly not invested. That's interesting because oh, this is not what we should be talking about. No, but, but it's- uh, <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, the term agnostic really implies for some reason, like an active element of like questioning. Right. And, and the idea it- of, of apathy is like anti antithetical to questioning. Right. Um, so it's interesting, but yeah, there isn't really a term I don't think for, and that's interesting because like the term agnostic as a liter like the literary definition, like when you use it in technology, the actual term, like the actual idea around it is uh, finding a pragmatic solution. Yeah. So like when you're uh, you're technologically agnostic, at least I mean I'm you know using it from the web development, yeah. the idea is like if you come to a project agnostically, you're not you are not bringing a preferred language or a preferred technology to the project. You were saying whatever like gets us through, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. And like to a certain extent, that's like that's kind of spiritually where I'm at. It's like well, what if I whatever I need to do to like <laughs> feed my soul? Because mm-hmm. I, I mean I do think I do think that like. And this is kind of a, it's not really classically Greek. It's like a th- something, but like, I think there's like, there's an emotional life, a physical life and, and some sort of spiritual life. Mm-hmm. There's so much fucking baggage around the idea of like spiritual life, quote yes. unquote, that like, all I'm meaning is like my, like my joie de vivre or my like, <laughs> you know, just like general experience of yeah. life. Right. And I feel like that that informs my emotional experience and your collection of chicken soup for the books. Uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, I don't, religion really shouldn't, like in my experience, religion is actually more affecting the, the emotional life than your spiritual life. Most of the time, my spiritual life was negatively, mm-hmm. negatively affected. My, I had like, and like it negatively affected my spirit. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, my my passion for life, my zest, my whatever you want to call it yeah, yeah. was was suppressed by yeah. my religion and my emotional state was played with, was manipulated. So, like, I know this I, I know that we're gonna, like doing a massive and I'm seeing I, see if I can tie it back. But like, like televangelists and like what yeah. I perceive the Falwell, you know, camp to yeah. do kind of embodies that like they, sure, they absolutely they like latch on to the manipulation. Yep. I mean, like it's like the the this the uh 
I can't remember what it's called, what they call them, but like it's this, the, like the snake charming tent revival people uh-huh. in the mid 1800s. Like yeah. all it is, is, is like emotionalism and this, like there's no, nothing real. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors and, and, uh, you know, hiding the times you got, you know, uh, injected with venom. Right. I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, totally. I guess maybe I can't tie it back, but that's yeah, fine. that's, uh, well, we'll leave it as uh, daddy was a bootlegger yeah. and agnostic and agnostic. Apparently not a bootlicker. He may have been. Boot we li- don't a bootlicking bootlicker, bootlicking bootlegger. So uh, Jerry. Yeah. In uh, 1956, he's 22. He founds the Thomas Road Baptist Church. Okay. 22. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, uh, would have that would eventually become a mega church. Got it. Um. The same year, he also began the Old Time Gospel Hour, which was a nationally syndicated radio and television ministry. I say that sounds familiar. So here we go. Um, he married in 1958, and uh, I pulled this quote because I found it cringy. Excellent. Uh, once joked, uh, she and I have never considered divorce, maybe murder, but never divorce. <laughs> get it yes he <laughs> will um, love each other so much i <laughs> have heard variations of that <laughs> phrase used <laughs> um uh, usually right before people get divorced yeah <laughs> uh they didn't um they did in fact murder each other they did. <laughs> yes this story does end in double murder uh, um he spent the 50s and 60s his whole thing basically barnstorming against integration. Um, so, uh, hold, hold on. <laughs> Adam's doing some face rubbing. Just, I want to take a pause mm-hmm. and like, it's going to get darker from here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. uh, trying to look back at this, through the lens of what we, you know, through through the Black Lives Matter movement. Sure. M- maybe like focuses this a little bit more, but like, I don't fundamentally understand how a man who was railing against integration has a career. Right. In the 90s. Sh- sh- uh, sure. Yes. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Through the 80s. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but like. In the 90s, like somebody has to go like, hey, you know, this megachurch guy, he's like a full on racist. Oh, I I feel like um, I mean, this was not. Yes, you're totally right. But also like this was not hidden. You no. know, like this wasn't his secret other life. No, no. Uh, I think that people respected I, him for it. It's it's getting harder and harder and harder to to defend Christianity uh, in, in like a. Uh, being naive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting harder and harder to go like, oh, you didn't know? No, you knew. You just were okay with it. Totally. In our in our country in general, I think, right now, there's often the sentiment like this, that is this, uh, it exudes naivete, which is the, um, our, we are not this. We are, our country is not this thing. And it's that like, we very no, clearly it are. very f- much fucking is. I don't understand the insane power that self delusion seems to hold mm. because like this is, I don't, I don't know how this person stays in any sort of power. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, even at the, like this, even if you are racist as an organization or racist run by racist individuals, how you continue as an organization to employ this person. And I'm, I'm like, and I, I'm aware that things are going to get darker and worse and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. more and more insidious. Right. But this is like, this is as, as close to like hard wrong. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's because there's no, there is no smoke and mirrors. This is the brand. Right. You know, this is, but how does that like, so who is, who is going to say you aren't going to do this? You know, just like like, if you're, if you're selling swastika (laughs) flags, like, (laughs) right. Anyway, I get it. I I absolutely get it. Right. Um, sorry. I know that I, and I also wish that he didn't (laughs) have power, uh, but he did. Um, and fuck America. And you are, uh, in a period of this is just, you know, post Brown v. Board of Education. So you right. have tensions high. You have people who think, you know, this is and the reason why um, we're talking about him is that he is one of these figures that starts to say like they now we are on the defensive. We are being we in quotes, white people are being attacked in our own country. And then that goes into uh, Christianity. Um, so he's he's specifically um focused on uh basically uh keeping uh segregation and establishing private schools for white students okay um and in 1967 he opened the lynchburg christian academy as a as a segregation academy um, I mean, if you're going to open a school, Lynchburg in Lynchburg, right? Like, seems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we still have a town called Lynchburg? <laughs> um, he it's right next to Crucifixionville. <laughs> yeah. It's, an electric chair town. When you drive up like Southern uh, Indiana, there's like, actually, no, I take that back. It's like by tar and featherberg. Not like, yeah, yeah right. Oh. It's it, Southern Indiana. There's something about like exit after exit. You just drive by and you're like, what? No, really? What? <laughs> just like it's it is you know for for there being nothing to look at it is a ride yeah just like racist city <laughs> basically <laughs> racist yeah. city iowa yep that's that's a fun one to put on your postage yeah. um uh so and in 1971 he also co-founded liberty university also in lynchburg that one i know um, i've heard of sure um that's a big one um and in this time um, he's starting to sell the religious persecution line. Um, one Wait. of his favorite quotes is that in some states it's easier to open a massage parlor than open a Christian school. I certainly hope so. <laughs> I cer- like just from like certification alone. I certainly hope so. <laughs> right. It should be <laughs> right. It's like one educates your children and the other one just like rubs you down. Yes. There should probably be more, more red tape when trying to educate hundreds of children. I'm sorry. I'm very happy that you picked up on that because I, I read that and I was like, wait a minute. Yes. Yes. Correct. Absolutely. Like even like, I know what you're trying to say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't get there. Yeah. And the, uh, the frivolity of a massage parlor. Can you imagine? It's harder. It is harder for me to build a house than it is for me to dig a hole. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Uh, in America. In America. Um, and 1978 is when you get the real meeting of Falwell and other white evangelicals and political conservatives. Oh, no. Person of color? <laughs> no. No. no so people it's of shocking, color. right? <laughs> um, 
and you'll remember in the first part of of this series um, when we were talking about Russell yep. Kirk. I paused there because yeah, there's Tiberius. no middle initial. Uh, <laughs> middle initial. Uh, uh, there, his uh, one of the things that you guys picked up on was the there. There's a lack of talk about economics, right? And definitely not political. Definitely not political feeling, and specifically as we know, political conservatism. There, there's a massive financial angle to that. Yeah, although not conservative. Uh, ironically. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. I classically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Classically. Right. Yes. The way it's evolved, maybe not so much. Right. Um, and so uh, that changes because in 1978 is when the IRS stripped the tax exempt status from all white private schools formed in the South um, because Fuck. they were in violation of the Constitution and the recent Supreme Court decisions. Um. So now you get the religious persecution angle mixed with the like, I mean, uh, literal but appropriate persecution. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, and this is really the first thing that kind of joins these factions. Um, the, oh, the, the religious persecution narrative uh, <laughs> starts to tie strongly into the conservative message of protecting the constitution that gets blended into morality. This is how things have always been done in our country. This is how this yeah, is yeah, yeah. built. Um, and is this when they go start off looking for Russell Kirk? <laughs> right. This I mean, was, yeah, this is about that. You know, th this is when uh, you start getting outlandish statements mixed with because this got, you know, right. Um, and, and as such, the religious right finds a voice and power in politics. Um, okay. And Falwell is a big part of that. Um, his whole thing uh, was pro-life, pro-traditional family, pro-moral, pro-American. That was his, his hasn't big four. Honestly, hasn't changed much. Nope. Um, and it feels really familiar. Yeah. Um, including the um, like persecution narrative, honestly. You know, it's oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the idea that this is that a marginalized group. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I do like the... I, like I am baffled by the idea of anybody looking at the Christian church in, in America and seeing marginalized like, well, but that's by that, definition. Like, sure. Yes, I, I get, but like by definition, you can't be the vast majority and be marginalized. Right. Uh, but as soon as uh, the government in some way starts chipping away things that you had, right. you become uh, attacked uh, in 1979. Uh, he funds the political action committee, moral majority. Oh, that's where it comes from. Yep. I didn't realize it was a pack. Yep. Um, and, uh, this was specifically funded, um, to protest the loss of Bob Jones, uh, university's tax exemption, um, under the subheading of aiding Catholic public protests against legal abortion in the U S. So these were his two things. Wait, so they, they were, both protesting the Bob Jones thing. Yes. And backing up the yep. ca Catholic American Catholics. Correct. That was okay. like ongoing. And so it was like, okay, this is, these are going to be our two lines. Well, hold on. Maybe I'm, I'm, I might be completely, I show my like lack of feminist history mm -hmm. knowledge here. My understanding was abortion was illegal during this time period. Like, wasn't it only in the nineties that, that abortion had any like, like legality? I'm going to refrain from I know. answering this on air. I actually I might don't. want to look this sure. up really fast because Please like. Please do. I do not want to get this wrong. It has. It was legal. Okay. 
I think Roe vs. Wade was in the 50s, wasn't it? Was, I think did, so. But did Roe Wade give right to legal abortion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are you are absolutely correct. It was 73. Okay. Yeah. Roe Wade was 73. So we're five years in. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. all still fresh. Okay. I just wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So we did a quick look up. Roe v. Wade, 1973. Uh, absolutely uh, was the. So it was like. Yes. Yeah, so this got, is crazy. Because like, here's the problem with, is that like growing up in, in church, I, w- I was I was fed a watered down version of this horse shit mm-hmm. as fact. <laughs> and so like, I honestly had no idea that like. I, it was this. It was this weird thing where, like, the content of Roe v. Wade and the fear of the name were separated. So I had I no see, idea yeah, what Roe v. Wade did. Uh huh. I knew that it had something to do with women, wow. and that it was evil. Wow. But I did not know that that was what legalized abortion. Legal, like, legalized abortion was a separate issue than Roe v. Wade in the way it was presented. Huh. Which is why this is why my confusion. It's wild that it would even be mentioned. Oh, I know. But this is like, again, not from the pulpit. This would have been like after church potluck sure. chat amongst, you know, yeah, yeah, different yeah. adults that I was overhearing. Right. You know, and, and their arguments. Sure. Um, anyway, it's just it's an interesting. Yeah. So this I mean, it's still. Yeah, this is all of these things are still fresh, you know, like five years, you know, that goes by in a in a blink of an eye. And so you have uh, and what's important here, too, is that you have this tax exemption status thing. Which I mean, like way to go for their pocketbooks, because that's one of those things that like as a like now I'm I get really pissed about tax exemption status for churches. Yeah, right. Yes. Like totally. just in, in general, I'm I'm livid about it. Yeah. And like it, it's it, I, I, apply, I I forget how like liberal America yeah. was pushing in the 70s and how bad like, you know, like like Thatcher Reaganism, like just absolutely like, just jackboot stomped us. <laughs> Anyway, totally. But it's interesting that so you have this tax thing, which is not like for the average person who gives a shit. Right. Right. So like you have this high level issue that you're tackling and then you need a giant populist issue that you can get a shit ton of people behind. Right. So bang. Um, And this still absolutely holds true today. Yeah. Um, What's interesting about (laughs) about the founding of Moral Majority uh. He was you'll remember that he was protesting um, the loss of the tax exemption on behalf of Bob Jones University. Right. Um, that not Liberty. Th- no. OK. That same university. Yeah. Uh, declared that the moral majority organization was satanic uh, because they held the view. And this is going to be in your wheelhouse here uh, that it was a step towards the apostate one world church and government body. Uh, because it would cross the line from political, yeah. you know, to and religious between true Christians and, you know, whoever you're inviting Catholics in, you're inviting whatever. That's amazing. Um, which was forbidden by their interpretation right, right, right. That's of the new, Bible. New World Order, Mark of the Beast bullshit. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally. This is the like, this is the shit like I know that you and I get like annoyed with like the like the petty stuff because mm-hmm. this is this is that petty stuff. But it's yes. also the stuff that's like. You can't make this up. Right. You it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, here's a bunch of money to save your college. Uh-huh. Fuck you. <laughs> you Satanists. <laughs> and to go as, and and that 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 swing of going so know, hard just, to Satanists right, just like wow. Oh, out of the gate. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. That's <laughs> um <laughs> 
So, uh, but moral majority uh, was a big deal. Uh, the the pack is credited with delivering uh, two thirds of the white evangelical Christian vote to Reagan in eighty. Um, really? They purchased ten million dollars in commercials on Southern radio and television to brand Carter as a traitor to the South and paint him as no longer being a Christian. I'm fine with I'm fine with the traitor to the South. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, I'll allow that one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're just into people being a traitor of the South yeah. or okay. Yeah, in general. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, also like of the like leaders in the world who claim yeah. Christianity, yeah, like yeah. Carter is about the only one that I can think of who like as as close to, to like stellar rec- record as I can think of. Yeah. The dude's still nailing hammers into two by fours to desperately try to build houses. He's like 120 yeah. and just like, <laughs> right. like we need to help these people. They're less fortunate. And he's like, dude, <laughs> you need to take a break. Yeah. Like you deserve a vacation. He's like, no man. Like right. these people need homes. It's like, I don't know anything more like actual Christian than, than like the life that Jimmy Carter has. Like sure. also like way to come out of like a really shitty situation. Like this presidency just kind of got, also, just to uh, throw this out there for like everybody as a weird side, like the homebrewers uh, bill was uh-huh. through the Carter administration. Oh, interesting. So like anybody who homebrews, which is a lot of conservative people, yeah. you 100% could not do that without Jimmy Carter. Huh. That's so interesting. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So moral majority becomes one of the largest political lobbying groups for Christians in the 80s. Um. Now we get into the fun stuff. Okay. Sorry. I just was, I was thinking about that. Cause like, I don't hear moral, like I don't, I've in my lifehood, I never heard moral majority used as a pack term. It's always been in a like societal group. Like we are part of the moral majority. Yeah. As yeah, Christians. yeah. 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 Right. Um, or the silent majority now. <laughs> definitely not part of the silent majority. Definitely not silent. I argue with that. Right. Um, <laughs> this word does not mean what I think you think it means. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, here's another. I, I like this part. Um, <laughs> in in 1983, uh, I was born. <laughs> Adam was born, and in, in, in 1984, <laughs> and, yeah. In uh, uh, in 1983, Falwell sued Larry Flint because Larry Flint uh, wrote uh, like a fake ad in Hustler saying that Falwell fucked his mom, basically. Um, I will also allow that. Yes. Um, and this results in a landmark Supreme Court decision, uh, Hustler Magazine v. Falwell. Um, so the ad, or it was a parody of a uh, Campari ad. Oh, really? Uh, yep. And it featured a mock interview with this Falwell. This is a lot of, like, this is a pretty, like, it's pretty deep. <laughs> Larry Flint's like, I want to do a thing, mm-hmm. but I want to put it inside of another thing. Uh-huh. I'll put that thing inside another thing. Yeah, totally. put that in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Just like- I read it for the articles. <laughs> Um, uh, so, uh, it's, a there's a mock interview with Falwell in which, uh, he quote unquote admits that his, uh, first time having sex was incest with his mother in an outhouse while drunk. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, so surprise, surprise, Falwell sued. Doesn't, doesn't like it. Yeah. Um, no, turns out loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, 
he <laughs> he sued. It went to the Supreme Court, um, which unanimously held that the First Amendment prevents public figures from recovering damages for emotional distress. So this is where that comes from. Parodies. Yep. So so celebrity the celebrity clause comes from this. Yeah. And so like this is really? what allows trolls to do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> right. You know, like right. But it also is what like allows every like every like every Daily Show esque show to exist. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You you are famous. You can't whine about being, being made famous. Fun of. Yeah. Um, uh, also funny about this, uh, he and Larry Flint would later become very good friends. What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wait, and what? Like, they would hang out with each other and like <laughs> joke about this as they they Remember like that time that you they, said that they I, got like, to know each other in the Supreme Court like they would see each no other. No fucking way! Yeah, how about that? How's that for your? your I buddy do movie? not allow it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, of course they did. But this, am I? Is it weird that I'm disappointed in Larry Flint? <laughs> How could you, Larry? Um, So really, these two things, the moral majority of the Supreme Court decision are like what I'm attributing as like big political moments for Falwell, for better or for worse. Like bringing two thirds of the white vote to Reagan is not insignificant. That's that's, huge. That's big. Um, Then... uh, at what I consider kind of another, um, so with, you know, with the moral majority, there was also, he, he galvanized a lot of, of Christians into the political conservative movement, but he also, some were completely turned off by it, you know, some, yeah, there yeah, were, yeah. and, and I, I, it is my impression that that starts to happen again in our country around 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, and indeed in, uh, on nine 11, uh, this is a time when things are ratcheting up for the religious right. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, as well as remember like weird anti-French, I mean, I know yeah. not weird. It was because they wouldn't let us fly through the aerospace, but like, <laughs> like freedom fries and just like, totally just, I want to put that I There was a time in my lifetime when we renamed French fries, freedom fries. Yeah. How about that? Literally happened. Just <laughs> it's true. Never good about the star spangled smooch. Wait, what? Instead of a French kiss, Star Spangled Smooch. Are you fucking... (laughs) No! (laughs) If you didn't hear Evie, apparently I missed, but there was a renaming of the French kiss to Star Spangled Smooch, which, again, I will not allow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you should form a pack. I've thought about it, (laughs) honestly. I mean, it wouldn't have any weight, but like... Yeah, sure. So, uh, hold on. A sub pack? Hmm. Instead of a super pack? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one that holds no influence, no influence. whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or uh, uh, you could be a pick, a political inaction committee. <laughs> <laughs> that feels more my, my style. Yeah. Um, so things are ratcheting up. There's this attempt to, again, galvanize people under a conservative president. You know, like we need to unify. You know, this is a, a moment where we have to go after the evildoers. Uh, right. And, uh, but those, it's funny cause those evildoers seem not to be the same evildoers that uh, whatever. Sure. Um, and Falwell, uh, kind of divides a bunch of Christians here again. Um, yeah. because he is, uh, going on to television radio 
with his line, uh, which at the time, and this is a direct line, here's a quote for you. I really believe that the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians who are actively trying to make that an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU, people for the American way, all of them who have tried to secularize America, I point the finger in their face and say, you helped this happen. Agree. <laughs> Hard agree. <laughs> Um, I just, I don't see the problem. I also don't see the problem, but I, <laughs> which, you know, this again, this would be a point when you're saying like a radical thing like this, that's just like it, it's just like overwhelming the amount of where it's just like, <laughs> when I tend to think of like this, when I think of the Russell Kirk thing, because I feel like in that same speech, there'd be like, this is the morality that I'm talking about. Yeah. And like, Russell Kirk. If, like, wait. if you'll remember, we didn't really mention anything inflammatory about other groups of people, right. anything like that. No, like conservatism from the, the Russell Kirk conservatism was was more inward. Like this is these are our ideals, mm-hmm. and th- this does feel like an an X word uh, X word. That's not a word, but like a, an external focused. Yeah, the, our conservative values need to be your conservative values, and if they aren't, you are un-American. You are un absolutely. You are other. Yes. Um. By the way, I should have say like when. The, the this is their fault or they, they contributed to this. I was meaning like to contribute to like the betterment of society rather oh, than like, oh, right. like Good. The, the down. Like, Great. I realized that like the way that I was like saying hard agree, I was hard agreeing that they, they are to blame. I thought you were just being of, like bleakly sarcastic. Uh, no, I was being, I was being honest, but not meaning like not to like nine 11, but to uh, America being better than it was. Great. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> you don't have any disagreement from me on right. that point, but it's, I, I should clarify that, you know, cause <laughs> please do. <laughs> um, <laughs> turns out I'm a, like I'm a fall, 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 William. God. Um, he, you have like a Falwell pennant that you're just waving <laughs> over here. Uh, <laughs> I was like, as soon as that Falwellian, it's like my brain immediately went to like Orwellian. Of course. And I was like, that's a, it's like, what would that movie look like? This is an, this is a Falwellian movie. <laughs> um, so Falwell takes some heat for that, obviously. Uh, no, no. You say obviously like it is an obvious statement. I'm honestly well, surprised that he took heat for it. Well, you know, like all of, I feel like there are always these moments where these people, take some heat yeah uh and uh it it just further like fractures the yeah yeah, yeah. their community it emboldens the community that they are like it it's it it um reinforces the narrative of uh being oppressed totally and i mean i get that i just so like what's you're talking about in the early 2000s, like this is like my, my prime Christian like yeah. swing. Like I'm I'm end of high school, beginning of college. Yep. And like I'm a part of the the like the leftist church that yep. is kind of growing out of, you know, like it's not really hippy dippy, but it's there's a definite there's also at this time, which I will probably never cover because it doesn't really fit into anything. But it's like there's a massive push for more leftist communities. You have mega churches that are more like socially conscious and you have sure. like church leaders like the Rob Bells who's still, you know, actively, but you have like these very left social leaning with like very Jesus centric yeah. Christians. And in, in listening to this, like very much, like I just didn't, wasn't aware of the bigger argument, um, but very much in opposition to this, sure. like very into these ideals and going like, no, no, no. Like I think that like the Rob Bells initially, well, Rob Bell's a bad example, but cause he, he's actually, Closer to agnostic uh-huh. uh, more recently, but like he's not agnostic. He's very much de- deatific, but he's like morally more interesting than that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like I would say that like the leftist Christians at this point were were kind of pushing more 
into like Russell Kirk territory where they're like, I don't give a shit about sure. your social background. I don't right. give a shit whatever happened to you. You are loved in this community and we care about you, which is a very like Jesus. -y and message. even if you're just playing the numbers game, like why are you trying to marginalize people and drive people away? You know, like uh, it's a very, very good question. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he later has to apologize for going around. Really? Yeah. And so he eventually uh, gives this half-hearted apology that no one else but the terrorists were to blame for 9-11. And, quote, if I left the impression with gays or lesbians or anyone else, otherwise, I apologize. Which is <laughs> like, well, no, you specifically right. said that. You if didn't any of the an people impression. that I specifically called out <laughs> felt called out, I didn't mean that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Like, Nick, you're a fucking asshole. Nick, I'm sorry if you felt like I was coming after you specifically. Like, I apologize. What? Okay. Yeah. So he loses some followers after his retraction uh, because uh, also. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I would feel like he'd actually lose people after the retraction, not after the statement. Well, yes, that's the thing. Like, so he keeps like, this is really when he just starts becoming irrelevant. He, because, okay. Yeah. Like he can't, he can't hold on to anybody anymore because then yes, he loses followers after his retraction because the people that he still had right. are the ones who are hearing the themes about divine judgment in America right. regularly in his preaching on air. Um, and they didn't like that. He was apologizing. Right. It's like, what do you mean? This is, we were right so we're with you. Yeah. So that's really like his big fall. Like that's, he becomes basically irrelevant really? um, after that yeah um there's uh, something ironic about like he also dies after, well so you know that, that also part that of helps fall. yeah <laughs> um turns out the, the nazi party didn't do so great after hitler lit himself on fire no but christianity did okay oh yeah <laughs> and i mean like i think liberty university is just trucking right, right along still yeah um so uh like alan does i'm gonna provide you with some fun facts <sighs> Uh, at the uh, end like we say are these fun are they i don't know <laughs> um so for a while um jerry falwell oversaw um jim baker's heritage usa water park <laughs> hold on <laughs> jim baker had a water park oh hell yeah he did christian themed water park uh, uh which i was <laughs> Like what? How yeah. do you like Jim? What, I, hold on! At that board meeting where Jim Baker goes in, we're gonna build a water park. <laughs> how yeah. does that get through committee? Well, so, I, sorry, I'm, that's a cash cow, man. What do you mean? Is it? <laughs> well, it didn't. It turned out it was not. Okay. No. Uh, but uh, did you this? Did you ever <laughs> go to any like Christian themed like uh? Were there theme parks or anything like that? Because this, no, this to me, there's like a, there's a, there's a notable Simpsons episode where they build like a Christian theme park. And up to that, up till now, learning about the Heritage you USA water park. a weird park, Simpsons thing? I, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, that's not a real thing. But apparently no. these are. The closest I can think of is, uh, is there are many like camps. Sure. So like, you know, like you know, like places for like outdoor activity. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of, but like the, the idea behind it was usually like retreaty type locations. Where yeah. You're getting yeah. Out, out in the woods doing like, you know, nature type things. Right. To get closer to God. Um, 
Yeah, I no, just can't this, think of like a, 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 a big public attraction that happens to also be like very conservative Christian. So part of it is like we're getting into territory where like I just have no experience. Yeah, like yeah, there's a whole right. chunk of, of Christianity, especially like like I don't really have a lot of experience in Catholicism. I don't have a lot of experience in also like Southern Baptism where it's like like prosperity message bullshit mm-hmm. doesn't really never really like I, that that part of the Venn diagram didn't really like overlay on me. Right. And so like I maybe this is a thing and actually hey you know like uh listeners if you have ever been to any theme park that is religious oriented please send us a voicemail yeah what was your favorite ride yeah voice memo (laughs) record it on your phone and email it to uh dear jesus at kingjamesvirgin.com i we need i need to know totally because uh no this is this this idea like that's why i was laughing because like this is fucking foreign like because like the bad news is i I really desperately wanted to know what like the water slides and stuff were named right. and I couldn't find St. John's list. Flu, flu, yeah. flume. <laughs> so, uh, so he was overseeing the water park when Jim Baker was having some troubles with money river hole on the river Jordan river ride. <laughs> uh, we could come up with a whole thing. Jesus walks on water wave pool. Perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, according to the red sea, you definitely have a fucking like the pool. just like, <laughs> Um, so, uh, there, the water park was in trouble, uh, and <laughs> it's a fucking water park <laughs> with like giant Bible verses everywhere. And, uh, so for a, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> there's something inherently horny about water parks. Am I right? Oh, really? Ooh, hard disagree. Really? Yeah, man. Like, uh, if he, a water park is one of like the top grossest places to me. Oh, don't disagree. Uh, oh man. I know nothing gets me going about a water. I'm park. not saying you like you get going, but there's something inherently like sexual. And maybe it's just because I, of like I, swimsuits. Yeah, I disagree. No? All right. I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm certain that people are diddling in various places all at a water place. park all over the place. I don't know about so much, all over so the much, place. P- so much PDA. You're most yes, lots of PDA. Uh, you're mostly standing in line to get onto a water slide. Diddling, <laughs> diddling, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I could see some shenanigans going on on a lazy river. Oh, wave pool for sure. Yeah, wave uh, pool is just one fuck fest. Yeah, but like you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm going like. Like I'm doubling down on this so hard, but like I feel like a lot of shenanigans happen at water parks. Listeners, if uh, <laughs> you <laughs> have ever uh, diddled at a water park, or or I would love to know if anybody else. Actually, you know what? I would love just five second things of like, no, I do not find, or I do not think there's anything inherently sexual about water parks. Oh, no, or that, yes, I do find like sure horny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to explore that. I don't care about the nose. I will I will back <laughs> I will take all of the hard nose. I get right, that. Right. I, what I don't get you it, don't get horny. I no, not at all. I just think that there is something like it it had an allure of like I maybe mean, just it was a teenager and everything everything had a like an allure of horniness sure, around yes. it. Maybe. Uh, yes, maybe. Uh very well be. Uh, ladies in bikinis. Yeah, always. Sure. But like I don't know. There's something about water slides versus uh, like just going to the pool. Here's what it is. There is a decent chance that somebody's suit's going to come off when they go down the big like speed slide. If, oh, absolutely. So I get one point of horniness there. <laughs> one point of horniness awarded to you, Adam. <laughs> uh, 
Well, here's what's not horny. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I won't be the judge of for this. this fundraiser. Oh God. Uh, he famously, uh, when they hit the two million dollar mark in the yes. fundraiser, which is pretty incredible for this water park for the water park. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he went down the 163 foot water slide called no. the Typhoon, wearing a suit. That was like the big. I will definitely allow that. Uh, not horny. Did though. he die? Is that what killed Did him? He <laughs> no. Uh, but you can see this. There's a YouTube video uh, of Jerry of, Falwell of in a suit. Jerry Falwell uh, plummeting down the typhoon in a suit. I appreciate the, the suit, honestly. Like, I, I feel like that's not only commitment to the bit, but also just like. Yeah. Just better. And he's an older gentleman, too, at this point. So it's. This you know, is why I'm asking. Like, yeah, there's a decent chance he came out looking like battered. <laughs> right. Um, and my last fun fact and what we'll close with is that uh, Jerry Falwell is also the one who went on a tear in 1999 that uh, Tinky Winky, the Teletubby, was gay. No, that's where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which at, do you know which Teletubby that was? It's the purple triangle, right? It's the purple triangle. Exactly. Do you know what the other, uh, Teletubby's names are? No. And colors? No. Uh, there's a yellow one. Okay. A green one. Uh-huh. Gotta be a red one. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then. So green, Dipsy. Okay. And. Yellow, Lala. Okay. And red, Poe. Uh, but yeah, Tinky Winky is the uh, purple terry cloth with the triangular antenna. Did, um, was there ever? Oh, any- he's also often carrying a red bag, um, which uh, Jerry Falwell really, really harped on. Like he's got a purse, uh, <laughs> which is just like what a fucking. I mean. Yeah, this is so. Yeah, you've got that's 1999. Then you have the 9/11. You know, it's just like man, really just grasping at straws and like. The weird thing is, I didn't disagree that maybe Tinky Winky was like a gay representative. Mm -hmm. I just didn't bother me. Sure. I was like, I hope it. I hope they are. Well, and I believe if I remember correctly, I think that the founders thing was not like a admonishment it was just like a what this is a children's show show. like what sexuality doesn't play into it (laughs) yeah um so uh i didn't realize that was fall well as where as well yep um so there you go uh what a guy more repulsive than part one correct oh infinitely yeah but you could see i mean this is uh he's 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 getting people to uh, participate in politics who who were not before man it really what it really feels like honestly is like russell kirk was like hey man i like to and look- i don't want you to give russell kirk too too much credit because no. he's pretty obscure yeah but like what he basically said was like i kind of li- like to live a simple life and a more uh-huh. quiet life mm-hmm. and these are the thing like i don't have a problem with like cottage core people or things that like because that's kind of that vibe. He's like, I like to live in a simpler place. I'm not crazy about crowds. I, I like to live and I like to be conservative in the way that I interact with life. Yeah, yeah. And if and if you do too, here are the tenets that I live by. I will also like give a couple caveats that he got where there was like, like hierarchy of people and like. Sure. And there's definitely some problematic things like in extrapolation where you get like liberty and uh, being tied to property. Uh, yeah, right. freedom being tied to property like there's there's he's got he has problems i'm definitely and not, also like natural order as established in the bible right yeah there's definitely he's definitely got problems but like most of it is personal preference most of it yeah and it's just like these are things that i hold dear and if you want to call yourself conservative this is what you might hold these dear dear as well 
Yeah, it's and he has he has much more of a philosophical angle. And Falwell is more just like if you are any one of these actually marginalized groups, uh, you're the fucking devil. Yep. Uh, there's very little philosophy going on. You know, there's no uh, there's there's no really, dialogue. It, no, it, it's it's devoid of belief system. It's using things as a tool to to get people to show up for a, a political agenda, a political cause. It's really it's really, really ugly. It's pretty ugly. Um, and there's only part two or four. Cool. Yeah. Does it get worse? Uh, it doesn't get better. <laughs> but that's not the same. Like, no, no. Like, uh, we're, uh, you know what I mean? Like he, at a certain point, you're like, well, this is just like, we hit plateau and everything's bad from here on out, but it doesn't get like. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, I know things do get worse just because there are some, like, we haven't gotten to war crime yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, Yeah. Who's your audience? Uh, um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's a it's going to be a, a series of a couple more. Um, also fairly repulsive to me, people. Yeah. But the point is not to bring them up just to be like, oh, gross. These people are repulsive uh, or to be like, oh, isn't this weird? You know, like oh, right, right, right. Uh, conservatives are crazy um, again. As and I brought this up in the first part, like I think that uh doing this show is is interesting to me um to to look at this foundational text you yes. know that we go through um and see how uh you know ob- obviously the bible plays a large role in our society our culture and our country um but then to see how that object gets used and politicized and really starts to affect your society yeah. and culture um and and starts to in in many ways to me like create a whole other thing you know like yes 95 percent of our podcast is about a different thing than what we just talked about you know like <laughs> this is um you know, what we are talking about on a typical basis is the, you know, foundational doctrine, I guess. But but it's it's almost devoid of doctrine, you know, like it, without sure. the the people there to say this is what this means. Here's what we do about it. Right. Well, and it's not necessarily contrasting that, but it's interesting to me because this is the context in which I was like this political context is what I was was like informing the education that I was getting. So like all of, like it's what's interesting is actually I don't actually f- see it as as separate. Like I think that they are in entrenched like w- my perspective of me regurgitating these stories. What I find interesting especially when Alan will correct me or go I remembered that this like identical thing mm-hmm. it's not in the Bible. Right, right, right. All of that color like flavor text yes. is because of this moral majority like conservative American conservative Christian right context. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting to be here for me to be hearing these things and going oh, so the application of this moral tale sure was actually had nothing to do with the biblical account and had everything to do with a political statement that my Sabbath school or Sunday school and everybody else's totally like, very much that's so. what they were trying to do yeah I mean it's it's I I also find this interesting you, we get a lot of this in college. As, as Christians, if you go to a, like a, a semi-reputable institution, they'll give you historical context for a Bible. And you're going like, oh, a lot of this stuff that we were like trying to derive meaning out of is like Jesus talking specifically to a 
like a political issue happening from the Romans at, mm-hmm. you know, in this time period has nothing to do with anything else. Likewise, in Adventism, when you start actually looking at it, like the obsession with like end days events has is, is a social phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's like the same sort of way that like America was like when when Deep Impact and Armageddon came out, like the world was just weirdly obsessed with with uh, uh, asteroids destroying the Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine like for oh, you mean Criterion movie Armageddon. <sighs> is it? <laughs> it was. Yeah. They, How do they just no longer a part of the collection, but it was. How yeah. do they justify that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is it like a zeitgeist like this? Well, I mean, I would I, honestly I'd get I would take deep impact over. It <laughs> doesn't matter. This is like neither here nor there. Uh, but Tay Leone was a vast whatever. I thought I'd throw a wrench in your diatribe. Yeah. <laughs> good job. But like if you think about it, like think about raising a, a denomination up in the middle of that. And so like. If you were talking to your masses, it's not unreasonable that you was like, you know how you watched Deep Impact or watched Armageddon. Yeah. Like this is something to be afraid of. And let me use this as an object lesson. Now that becomes part of your dogma right. as, as a denomination, not necessarily as a church, but like as a denomination. And then say 100 years in the future. These obviously are no longer in like circulation, but they, make, they exist but without that knowledge, like you suddenly have a, a church that's obsessed with this idea that, you know, an asteroid is going to come and destroy the earth. Mm-hmm. That's not dissimilar from the way that like Adventism, like has an obsession with prophecy and has an obsession with end of days and has an obsession with, because that's what was fucking happening right. in popular culture. Yeah. Similarly with, with religion. This is just like all of this fucking context has, it can't, we, I mean, like, I think it's actually a really good service that you're bringing these not stories, but they're like exposés. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to call them. Like profiles, profiles, mm-hmm. but like giving this context, you start to suddenly go like, Oh, that's why like everybody in the nineties was obsessed with whether somebody was gay or not. Uh-huh. And right. why it like, we could not get over this identify uh, identifier. Yeah. And then why the children of the people who went through that were like, I don't care. <laughs> right. Like I'm done trying to put a label on whether like my uncle is gay or not. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Totally. And it makes a whole lot more sense when you like listen to this shit and you had like Jerry Falwell coming out and like going gays, lesbians and and what black people are to blame because of, well, I mean, right. you know what I mean? Totally. Well, and it is interesting to me uh, just because I like this sort of thing to look at the, the, you know, well, at least in the context of our show, the recent history. Yeah. Um, and, and see, um, you know, how, how quickly some things change and how some things do not, uh, you know, like, yes. like it is interesting, you know, like the same it, argument, like talking about like just post Brown v. Board of Education earlier and you being like, well, why were there not people, you know, like, yeah. Who there was not a you could not easily find a group of people to corral right. to say everybody don't listen to this guy right he's irrelevant you right. know what I mean like uh, whereas you know uh, th- we will get there but uh, <laughs> you know you have to to do what Falwell did um, I think was you know he was a person of that time. Uh, and there are people sure. that are very much like him, but have to be savvier um, or, <laughs> you know, like uh, use different means in some in some cases um, to offer variations on the same message. Uh, you know, that's that's what I find historically interesting anyway. For sure. 
and I'm, I'm thinking about this, like finding behavior despicable and finding like, especially like you were saying, like, you know, people who are of a time, I think what the difference is and what you can, like, I think what you have to take into account when you see like, you know, when you say statements like this was a product of their time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which I think is actually sometimes a valid argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think you have to see is a progression of growth. And you say in the fifties, they said this right in the sixties, they said this. And the difference between those shows that they, as culture changed around them, they progressed with the culture and went, Oh, it's not appropriate to say these things. I've learned I'm growing. I'm no longer stagnant in this idea. But the fact that in 1999 Falwell is spewing variations of the same. It's it's, hate. Yes. Well, it's absolutely true. Um, you know, yeah, he's, uh, like, like some others, he's a guy who plays the hits right. and, uh, uh, he, but what's interesting too about his story is that, you know, he goes from being tremendously influential to being kind of a fringy, like, you know, he's losing relevance, right. you know, like his, his fall is not him doing anything different than what he was doing. Right. It's just that it was resonating less and, you know, with fewer and fewer or more fringy people. The thing is, it's like, I don't think it was a fall. I think it was a lull and he died in the middle of a lull because like, <laughs> yeah. give yeah, like, sure. put, give him 10 more years and like, uh, certainly possible, like post post Obama. Well, swing to where we are today. Well, we do have Jerry Falwell jr. In our world. So, you know, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. it does feel like a photocopy of a photocopy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like I'm playing the Hertz. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you mean the hits? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Totally. Anyway. Um, well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to me, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we are at the end. OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening you can follow us at kjv pod on both twitter and instagram uh you can uh follow nick he's doing great work on our twitter page and you can follow our instagram follow us follow i us. know but you're actually doing shit on there and i'm sort of posting apologies on instagram <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like we mentioned earlier in this episode we would love to hear from you on one or two of the following issues one have you been to a religious theme park? And what was that experience like? I don't want to hear about like a religious field trip to like a religious museum, no, like a creationist camp, museum. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Theme park. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? This what, has to be a money. What money biblical roller machine. coaster or water slide did you go down? Yeah. I, I would if they and uh, oh, fucking like characters. I would. I want to know about like, you know, Bible <laughs> boy <Sure>. or whatever. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also uh, number two. Uh, do you find water parks inherently horny? Because <laughs> Nick you, doesn't. I you, do. Did you go to a religious theme park and did you get diddled there? <laughs> <laughs> or that might be a separate issue because most likely these people are underage. Yeah, yeah. So, we also only want the funny diddling, so we don't want to right. feel like, well, I got diddled. Right. The, yeah. This isn't, this is uh, something that you wouldn't mind sharing with the world. Yes. Uh, and if uh, you could record those as voice memos and then email it to dearjesus at kingjamesvirgin.com, uh, that would be awesome. Thanks to Mascaras and Resurrection Records for these for our theme song, Kixari, off the album El Moran. And this week's Resurrection Records artist is Woman. Woman? Women. Women is women. You can find links to these songs, to uh, things we've got for sale, to back episodes, all sorts of things on our website, kingjamesvirgin.com. That does it for us this week. Until next week, it's time for Tubby Bye Bye.
by Sonic Bazaar.